Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. And it's time for our season two wrap up. And I'm very excited because, hey, hey, the gang's all here. The chat is full of lots of lovely people who are going to share their thoughts on season two with us. But first, let's kick it off uh, with general thoughts, general thoughts, um, Elson and Noel, and specifically... I forgot we did not come around to our second topic yesterday. We did not talk about talk about Trixie in the finale. And <laughs> I apologize to this slight to to our girl Trixie. So uh, I'm gonna throw it out to you guys. Any overall thoughts on the season? How has the journey been through season two? And any final thoughts on Trixie? The Trixie journey has been strong, I think. I think that <laughs> um yeah, no, no, no. I I think the season two in general is the show finds finds a really good groove, I think, um, in terms of what it wants to do with mainly sort of mainly being a network procedural, but not really, and finding better ways to balance that. But more than anything, they just found really good ways to mobilize their supporting cast around Chloe and uh, Lucifer. And I think that makes the biggest difference in the show's, the season's success is that Maze, Minadil, and Dan all feel a little better fleshed out and integrated into the overall proceedings. And that just makes the show much more enjoyable to watch. <laughs> and I think that just, that helps a lot. So I think that's my big takeaway is that they just kind of figured out what their, what their supporting cast is supposed to do for their show and what those characters are supposed to do. And that in and of itself is a major win. Yeah, I, th- I feel like there's a better sense of um, the show as a whole. Like season one certainly had a lot of what was going on with Lucifer locked down. Like that energy was really solid and it's why I wanted to keep watching the show. Um, but I think Noel's point about those three characters and maybe Dan in particular of all things, like never in a million years did I think like, wow, well, I'm really going to come out of the season thinking, man, they did a real turnaround on Dan. Uh, but they did. And I think that it's a, a sign that the show has the legs to keep going, which is great because we are also going to keep going. Um, and then yes, of course, Trixie. Amazing. I, I want her to, Oh God, the term play doctor is so loaded, but I want her to play hospital um, all the time with Maze, with Lucifer, with Chloe, with Dan, like whatever, bring Malcolm Palmetto back. Like anybody, I don't care. As long as she's putting a bandage around their head. I love it. Wussies don't get lollipops. <laughs> Just the delivery from Leslie Ann Brandt on like, don't fight it. She's fierce <laughs> or whatever, whatever it was, was very good. It, I'm yeah. very here for it. So yeah, it was, it was super fun. I think for me, the part that we haven't mentioned yet for season two, like there's a bunch of things they did right in season two and that they, they really locked down. Um, and that is a big one was the, um, rehab on immediate immediate curiosity and rehab on Amenadiel first and then Dan um, but also bringing Linda into the fold by like a surprisingly early part of the season episode was it six of season two that really helped solidify a lot and then at the same right at the same time bringing um, Chloe and Mays living together like those two decisions right at that that part part of season early part of season two 
allowed them to pivot into a lot of different things, do different uh, combos of, of characters and really solidify things beyond their procedural. Like it, they allow, it allows them to stop coming up with excuses for why they're spending time together um, in, in such like quite the same way that they have to try to bend around backwards in towards the end of season one to do. And that really frees them up to do other things. And this is a show that's curious and interested in those other things. And that really helps. Well said. Final thoughts on on other editions of the season, Charlotte and Ella. It's just delightful. Um, like I've already watched like the premiere of season three. We watched it yesterday because mm-hmm. we were concerned we were not going to have time to watch it today. Um, but I just really enjoyed the good, solid, like soft introduction of Ella. But I also really liked the whole introduction of a character of faith that helps to sort of propel a little bit more of a narrative forward for them, at least in those regards. Um, it's still squishy and we'll talk about that tomorrow um, to a certain extent in that squishiness. But I think that there's plenty good and she also just brings so much like funny to the show as well um, in a very different vein from the sort of more sarcastic macabre that's how that word macabre thank you um yes no scotty is absolutely right and that's kind of what i was getting at is that scotty says ella sells the hell out of some really broad and goofy stuff in a grounded and real way it's kind of incredible and keenan agrees yeah and i think that's what the the, that's why that character works as well as does so i'm not going to say anything else because scotty said it for me (laughs) (laughs) And obviously we stand Charlotte. This is a Trisha, Trisha Helfer uh, fan club podcast as well as many other things. So, yeah, I think um, that the addition of Charlotte, I mean, Trisha Helfer is just so good, but the addition of Charlotte as a sort of um, element of danger and the unknown, but also a pretty frequent source of comic relief was really beneficial for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, helped it sort of fine tune its tone, which was already one of the more interesting things about it. Uh, I'm still a little bit on the fence on Ella. I'm not always um, super into the like, hey, I'm the quirky brains character, unless it's really well executed. Um, and I do think that the fact that she is a person of faith um, is the most interesting thing about the character. And I find the actress incredibly appealing, but, um, but there's still, I don't know. I, I want a little bit more. Um, Charlotte, on the other hand, I'm going to be hugely disappointed if they don't find a way to bring Trisha Helfer back uh, because she's so good and was so arch and funny. Um, and again, it was like drag and it was just, it was just great. Well, and they needed like what it's the best possible way since they're not going to, you know, have to actually interact with dad outside of, you know, got Johnson um, to, to, to force a conversation and, and immediate uh, th- stakes for Amenadiel and Lucifer and get them spending time together. So that by the end of the season, you're like, best bros. You guys can see why I like, I, again, I was talking to my brother. You're like, Oh, wh- what'd they do with the villain from, you know, the, the bad guy? I'm like, well, you know, like the, the, the brother guy. I was like, I call Paul Oh yeah. No, he's not a villain. Why would you call him? A bit? And then I we rewatched these one. I'm like, oh yeah, that's why because because he is at the beginning. That's yeah, antagonist at least. Antagonist, yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, I think we need to open it up to some of our Zoom chatters. Hey, lurker. Uh, so, up, so you, you mentioned in the chat, Ella. 
so I think that yeah. you are an Ella fan. I am. I, I love Ella. I agree that sometimes um, sometimes her comedy feels a bit too broad, not in the way that she's performing it, because I think she's doing it well, but um, occasionally it goes kind of, it, it's, a, it's different tonally than a lot of what else happens in the show. It's probably closest to some of the maze stuff that they do, the like really silly maze stuff that they do, but in a very sincere way. Um, so I appreciate that shade, um, but I am one of the people, I think um, earlier in season two, this was hinted at at some point in the conversations um, uh, that the, the fan base was like, who is this chick? What's her deal? How does she fit into the big plan? And I was definitely one of those people. <laughs> um, like just a hundred percent not convinced. I'm like, she is too sweet. She has faith. And also I read a couple of signs wrong at the beginning of the season with her. I realized on the rewatch and I was like, well, that makes more sense now why I thought all these weird things about her. But, um, but no, the thing, the couple of things that I wanted to jump in on were actually, um, the Dr. Linda thing. Um, and then um, a little bit about Charlotte. So one of um, one of my most hated tropes um, is keep, keeping a secret for the safety of the ones you love. Right? <laughs> so the secret identity thing. Like I get oh, the flash. The, the, I get the I get the importance exactly. Um, I get the importance of having a secret identity. I'm not above secret identities. It's the keeping it from someone you you love and care about, right? So when Supergirl came on and immediately like her first thing was, I need to tell the people I care about, look at this cool shit I can do. Um, I found it really refreshing and I really liked it. Don't, um, don't start so, watching Supergirl then. Don't start. Huh? Don't start watching Supergirl then, Lurker. Don't pick up now. <laughs> no, I'm not picking up now. I, I gave up a long time ago, which you know. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, no, but that was really refreshing. So, you know, um, the show acknowledges that uh, Lucifer is, quote unquote, you know, always honest with Chloe while still kind of using that honesty to shield the truth, right? Um, but when they bring, when they flip that by bringing Linda in, number one, I think it adds a really nice dynamic like we've talked about before, but it also, um, that full honesty um, affirms his need for her and their relationship um, in a way that hasn't really happened with any other characters on the show so far. Um, so I really, really, really like that. And also just Linda's reaction and um, the way, uh, what's her name, Rachel Harris plays all of that is just incredible. Her, uh, was it her uncle so-and-so? Was it bad mamma jamba? <laughs> like he's got to be in hell right right yeah it was all good good stuff um and then also with charlotte um i really liked listening to the the conversation in the podcast although i know i missed a bunch of episodes or a bunch of days um in kind of people's opinions of charlotte and like oh charlotte's really delightful and then i don't think we're supposed to like charlotte anymore she's terrible and now it sounds like everyone's kind of come back around on the charlotte train um, and I think that's, again, really interesting. There's a complexity there with that character, right? Where she's almost like an anti-heroine because she's doing bad things, but maybe for what seem like good reasons to her. And they do come out of this deep love she has for her family. So 
it's weirdly complex for the kind of show that this is, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, everyone, just so you're ready for this, I'm going to ask you all your favorite episode or oh. and or favorite moment. Um, so I'm, I'll, and I'll give you some time to, to ponder, Lurker, but just so that okay. y'all are prepared. And I'm coming back to you guys, Elson and Noel, so I'm going to circle back around at the end. Um, okay. I, I think my favorite moment, actually, I'll just throw it out there now so then the pressure is off of me, might be the <laughs> moment in the because I'm terrible at remembering these things. Um, but I really, really like the moment in the at Lux when Dr. Linda and mom are hanging out and you get that height differential for the first time. And, um, and also when Dr. Linda does her little like curtsy thing, I think it's a different scene, <laughs> but um, to the goddess of creation. Those were some of my my favorites, um, yeah. and then as well as when um, Lucifer tries to ignite the sword for the first time, and just the, the emotionality of that scene, just how everyone plays it. Yeah, no, it's excellent choices, and I'm you know because I'm asking the questions, I get to go last, so I get to hear everybody else's picks, and then that so I'm cheating, but that's okay. Um, any other like, what was your experience like? Because you've seen this all before, so what was your experience revisiting it? What like did it live up? To your memory did like were certain things better and other things not as good for the most part it, it lived up um i really enjoyed season two watching it again um again thinking about season three and even the little bit of season four that i've watched um it's it's interesting mm-hmm. um my the big thing about rewatching is uh i loved god johnson the first time around mm-hmm. and i found it kind of boring this time yeah, it's not as good the second Unknown time. Unknown reasons. It's still good, but it's like yes. not as good. Yeah. So that that's my those are my big takeaways. No, it was that was surprising to me. That's why I was a little worried when we um when we got to that one and I rewatched it because I remembered it being so great. And then we rewatched it. I was like, yeah, I really like it, but like in my head, the memory of it was even better. But yeah, there's so much fun, and I mean, just like a slow mo track. There's a lot. There's a lot to enjoy. But yeah, but yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, who would like to go next? Okay, Keenan. Hey, pals. I do want to pick up because I I don't know why, but with the God Johnson episode, the first time I saw it, so I watched Lucifer all the way through maybe like a year or two ago. I can't remember exactly. But, and I love the actor whose last name I'm going to butcher because of bad memory and also the alcohols, um, Timothy something. Um, thank you so much. Uh, I like him very much. Um, he is someone who is like the opposite of diminishing returns for me, where the first couple of performances I saw was sort of like, this guy feels kind of one note. And now the more I see of him, the more I'm like, God damn, I'm always glad to see this guy. Um, you've seen Deadwood. He's so great. He's really delightful. I watched all of Gallivant and he really elevated some, things that ordinarily would annoy me and he made them lovely and charming um I just think he's great so for some reason the first time I saw the God Johnson episode I was sort of I don't know I was sort of like of course they got him for this part I don't know why I just had this kind of um immediately like eye rolly response to it so I actually enjoyed it a lot more on a rewatch because I think um, one of the beauties of this experience of watching Lucifer with you all is that um, 
uh, a show that I had previously kind of eye rolled my entire way through. I'm treating with a little more, um, I don't, I don't respect is a very strong word, but a little more um, <laughs> sincerity and seriousness this go, this go around. Um, so I really liked the God Johnson episode, both for his performance, for Lucifer's performance, and of course, my beautiful queen, Dr. Linda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love her so much. She's hands down the best thing of every episode she's in. Um, and she and Ella similarly were introduced in a way that I had this kind of knee jerk, like, oh no, what are they doing here? Like, is this going to be a, a TM bad therapist? Is this going to be um, like Scotty? If you know Scotty and me, you may know that we both. Um, grew up raised in a tradition of faith. We both attended and worked at um, camps, summer camps that were uh, faith-based. So we've been around a lot of characters in worlds of faith. And so when Ella popped up, I was like, oh boy, I know what this is. And I didn't, like that actress continues to elevate the material she's handed. And I feel like both she and Dr. Linda bring a lot of nuance and richness to scenes or plot points or character elements that would ordinarily make me bristle a little bit. And I just really like both of them so much. So they were, for me, the standouts of season two. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Rachel Harris, of course, is Dr. Martin and Amy Garcia is, is Ella, and, Dr. Linda um, and Ella. Yeah, they're terrific. And again, it's just, yeah, I grew up uh, in Catholic church and played music. Like in third grade, I was in the children's choir and I started playing at church every week starting when I was in middle school. And so like I put in a lot of time um, at various churches, you know, as a musician, you, you know, wedding seasons come and you spend a lot of time <laughs> in, in the, the, you can spend a lot of time in that, in that, like those spheres. So yeah, it's easy to think, you know, where they're going with that, that character and then you know, they're not just like, you know, like I have said many times on different podcasts. So when I first watched the Lucifer pilot, I was like, oh, look what they're doing with this doctor character. I mean, that's just such a cheap way to, you know, such a disrespectful way to handle that kind of a character. And then they're like, ah, but wait, just you wait to see what we've got coming for Dr. Linda. You're going to love her because she's amazing. And they were right. I do love her. And she is amazing. Um, And it, it, and that really paid off. I mean, they, I feel like they, invested both in the casting and in the development of the writing for that character in a way that made the danger of the last episode of season two where she is wounded by mom and you know does go through this really trying thing it really you know it makes the stakes high enough for those of us watching it and like that there was a lot of payoff there um and then I will just say obviously because area of expertise I do think the like Sexy Times costumes were better in season two than they were okay. in season one. Progress. More, yeah, there was progress. They were a little more specific. So like Maze's like sexy badass action chick costumes have con- only continued to improve. And so they did continue to improve in season two, but it was just less generic than season one. I felt we still, and Allison and I have talked about this off podcast about, um, how you know it is still a little bit of a failing of a show that the height of sexual decadence is still a very Hollywood Fox friendly body type 
Um, I will say like kudos to Lucifer on Fox for showing that some of Lucifer's lovers have been men. Like, like yes, obviously. Um, <laughs> two of them. <laughs> two whole of them. Good job, yeah. guys. Um, but I do think that the like generic sexy times costumes did get a little bit more interesting, a little bit more fun. Um, it would be incredibly cool to me if they allowed Lucifer, the character, to show more of a sexual interest in body types that were not incredibly lithe, muscled, hot um, 20-somethings. Because I, again, think that if we're looking at, if we're trying to create a vision of hedonistic, devilish sexual decadence, it would by no means be so severely limited to specific people and body and age types. Um, so there's room for improvement, pals. But um, lingerie speaking, it was better this season. Okay, well, we will take progress on this. And yeah, no, I that's all, that's a hard agree. Uh, Marcus points out that it's two in the previous five weeks. But yeah, the point is the proportion. That's, you know, that's the issue for me there. But indeed. anyways. Um, so I'd actually, this is FB. I love to talk about that a little go bit. Go for it. I do like so far how this show handles bisexuality. Um, it's a fact, it's unlabored, it's a part of Lucifer and Maze that it's not the only thing about them or an aspect that makes them bad. And I really, I don't mind that we're only seeing a couple of men in the, like, I want to see a bi man who sleeps with mostly women. And like mm -hmm. those women don't care that he sometimes also sleeps with men. Like if people want to say, well, that's heteronormative, um, what I say to that is like, I always appreciate seeing a bi person who is in a lot of straight seeming situations and is also visibly bisexual. Like that's not a problem. It's more meaningful representation to me. Like give mm -hmm. me more of that. Like that's queer as hell. I think I like that. The notion that, because, you know, I just always go to crazy girlfriend getting bi, right? The notion that, well, if you have a bi character, they're going to have them like the, the default seems to be they are heteronormative except for one person they bring in for a stunt episode. And usually it's, it's a woman kissing another woman. And then they go, eh, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm really into the fellas. And then it never comes up again. Or they have them, they're like, ah, oh, we brought on this bi character so that we could have them be romantically interested and se sexually interested in every person on the possible show. And that's not, you know, there are some people I'm sure that that is true too, but there are a lot of bi people you know, that, that just paints with a broad brush at like, oh, the reason that they're bi is because they just want to have sex with everyone. That's ridiculous as well. So I think that's a very good point. Yeah, there is this fluidity with bisexuality that involves like, it's not a 50-50 thing. There aren't even two genders. So, mm -hmm. you know, Lucifer definitely has a type and like Keenan, I would love to see that opened up a bit more. Um, but even with that that lineup scene where it was mostly the like big boobied women and then like one nerdy guy, I thought it was it was sweet because he saved the most if he saved the most creative um, uh, positioning for the guy. I thought <laughs> so. The most the most entertaining, uh, <laughs> you, know, your, you know, was it charge my engine, rev my engine or whatever it was. <laughs> the battery yeah. and the mm, zipper cables, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Did you have a favorite episode or what was your experience like watching season two? 
I did. You know, I thought season two overall was fine. Gentlemen, start your engines. That's what it was. Thank you. Gentlemen, start your engines. Room to room. Um, I thought the greater storylines were a bit forgettable. Like I was thinking back on the season and I cannot believe that we dealt with Chloe's dad's murder this season because I only remembered it because I was like reminiscing fondly on Lucifer being in the courthouse. Um, uh, What I really liked was the character work, like the character development, the new characters. I really liked um, Maze's development, watching her grow to care about people, especially Dr. Linda. Um, all the way to like directly confronting her fear of abandonment and couples counseling with Lucifer. I thought that was really sweet. Um, my favorite episode, um, actually, because it had my favorite moment in it, was when uh, Lucifer went back to hell. And um, so going back, like I think Trisha Helfer, for many reasons, was an excellent addition. But the scene in hell, was particularly affecting like where she is avoiding looking at Uriel. She's down there and she's just trying to talk to Lucifer. She's not looking at him. She glances over and then she glances again and again. And then all of a sudden she is just like pulled right to him and she has to be dragged out. I thought her rather living with this representation of her son than in a world without him and the way that like she fought that almost, and then like gave into this quicksand of it was really beautiful. And so like that was probably my favorite episode, just honestly, because of that moment, I thought it was gorgeous. Well, and that, that whole episode has so much great stuff. And I like, mm-hmm. it still has our, one of our favorite pratfalls <laughs> with the jumper, the, with the, uh, what's it called? Sort of the D anyways, with the, the clear thing that everybody knows what I'm talking about. Um, and then, and you know, there's lots of, it's a very emotional episode. So if that episode in that moment that you're specifically citing makes me like Uriel's previous episode more. Yeah, me too. Because I was, I liked that episode, but it was more lukewarm on it. But without that episode, we don't get that second episode. And that's what, in, in that second episode and that specifically that moment, but just the whole thing and the way it's all crafted and put together and structured is just very, very good. Yeah. yeah. And I know on the podcast, people are talking about maybe more the 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 bad guy the big bad in it that um he's going down there and that like his hell is him kind of over and over being confronted with all of these people who are saying um you made the wrong choice and like is that and I, I feel like that is so bad for him because his his ego is the only thing that he like his his the perception of him is the only thing that he has. And is there anything more infuriating than a group of people thinking that you've made the wrong choice and having to defend it right after you made the choice? I don't know. It must have been so frustrating over and over to have to do that. I liked that being his representation of hell. Plus also, you know, he just, he forgot to back up his computer because he was away from the <laughs> internet for 10 seconds and therefore... <laughs> <laughs> but you know i yeah not to undermine what you're saying no i yeah. that it is a really effective yeah. thing and also i enjoy mocking that guy because he's terrible he's just yeah. a terrible person he's just, he's just very and very me, bad I, yeah i said big bad i know he's not like the big bad but like no but he's one of so the big. he's like mustache twirling big yeah. bad he thinks he's like just the most big bad of big bad <laughs> absolutely he's like almost he's posturing about the, his ba- big bad status almost as much as spike is through like 
most of Buffy. So yeah, no, that yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I am coming out as an Amenadiel stan. Nice. I am deeply attached to Amenadiel's journey of trying to figure out like who am I if I'm not who I thought I was going to be? Who am I if I'm not defined by my father? Like, give me Amenadiel, Charlie Browning down the street with his car wheel. Give me a Menadiel on that pizza night feeling like he belongs and getting way too relaxed. D.B. Woodside, I feel like he really shines in like those moments when he's expressing deep pain, like at the end of season one when he's stabbed and he feels it. When he is like alone on that hill and the rocks drop. But also those moments where he really gets to play. Like when he says when he finds out he has a key and he's like trying to restrain the delight of I just need time to process what it all means like it, it's just like such a joyful moment and I love these moments where he belongs but also those moments where he's searching for belonging um, yeah. so. it's so fun to watch an actor I've enjoyed in other things yeah. get to do stuff you know and this is an example, I would say, because I've seen him in a few things, but not in anything that gave him this kind of material to play with, like the kind of stuff we got in, for him in, in season two. And, you know, he's going to get more stuff coming. And that's always such a pleasure because a lot of times, a lot of people that we that make their way through all the hoops that it takes to get on into a movie or a show or a play um, can be really, really good. But it doesn't matter if they don't get anything, you know, if they don't, if they aren't handed anything or trusted with anything to play or if they keep get, being given like way too many words, but like, you know, they can just do this with like a couple looks. Right. And so it's always a pleasure to to watch actors get to really do show what they're capable of. And I think for me, um, Amenadiel and B.B. Woodside is one of those. Yeah, I feel like we're running into the opposite with Chloe. I feel like she's not being given enough to work with. I feel like she's still, she still feels underdeveloped to me. Like, I don't know much about her other than she's a caring person who also likes sh shooting people and she loves her kid. Mm. Um, and she cooks breakfast. Um, mm. And I feel like last season we got that moment where she was really playing that tension of not wanting to rock the boat. She's just gotten this call. She needs to not alarm anyone else. She needs to get in and get out and save her kid. And, you know, she's kind of floating through with that hyper awareness through the police department. And um, I just don't feel like she's gotten much more this se season. We've gotten some really great, awkward flirting moments um, and seeing her do things that are truly kind. Um, but I would just like one of the things that I'd love to see more in season three is some development for Chloe. Yeah. I, I really enjoy what German is doing. I think she's, she's mm -hmm. really good in a role that is very, for, can be very like forgettable when it's done well. Um, yeah. But it's always fun to see her get to do some comedy. I think this is why part of why Latoya so enjoys undercover Chloe um, because she's very, she's really good at that when they let her be goofier and they let her be daffier. And I mean, I would point to the girl squad episode mm -hmm. as one of those. Um, but yeah. Uh, Lurker says, I think they get stuck with her having to deny Lucifer's truth. And yeah, that's part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Part of it. But yeah, I would expect, I mean, there is more stuff coming for her, but I'm very excited for what, I'm very excited about season five and because 
there's a lot of like Ella starts to finally get some more stuff. She gets some stuff in season three, but especially in season four, she they give her like a little bit, a bit of an arc, um, like emotionally and character wise. Um, and and there's stuff for Chloe, obviously, throughout that she's really dealing with. And you get to see her grow a lot more. But I'm particularly excited for where a lot of these characters are going to be in season five. But that's a conversation for another time. Uh, Keenan, uh, don't think I'm letting you off the hook. Uh, what's your favorite episode in season two? Ah, uh, shoot. I what, thought I was off the hook. No. <laughs> favorite moments, favorite episodes? Okay, think on it. I will think on it. I, I Yeah, I, I need to think on it. I'll, I'll put it in the chat when I have my answer. Okay. Uh, so Marcus or Sky, would either of you like to, to share any thoughts on the season? Uh, yeah, Marcus, go first. Okay. <laughs> hey, Marcus. So what are your thoughts on season two? How has this, you know, rewatch been? I think it's been pretty good. Um, I really enjoy season two. Um, most of my thoughts are actually Noel already said in that they really started using a lot of the characters better than they did in, uh, season one. Um, yeah, Maze just being putting her among mortals all the time is one of the best decisions I think they did for her character. Just because how she plays off any mortal is always good. And yeah, and making Emin and Deal and Dan just less antagonistic overall and getting to be sometimes goofy, sometimes uh, more uh, dramatic in not an antagonistic way is good. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about favorite moments of season two and no one has mentioned improv or <laughs> it was labeled. <laughs> yeah. Quality season two moments. That's not, those are good moments, but it's not my favorite moment. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite moment and episode would be uh, episode six monster. Mm-hmm both for having the big Linda reveal, but my single favorite moment was the trick-or-treating with Trixie and Maze. And just anything with like Trixie and Maze together is always good. And then just having the her reveal the face and Trixie just being like, oh, cool, and not think anything else about it. I think that was my single favorite moment. Yeah. It's a very, it, it, it's a good, it's a very good moment. I was going to mention it if no one else did, because yeah, it's just, it's, so such a vulnerable moment and such a um a satisfying moment and also as we talked about at the time at the same time heartbreaking because it can only be for this for halloween you know at least barring a surprise you know coming on later on in the show where it's like no this is my face trixie i have it all the time we're cool <laughs> but um it it is an absolutely beautiful moment yeah so that was yeah that's my favorite a little part and I said it um, at the uh, last one of these where I think season two is my favorite season simply Mm -hmm. because I think this is where they just make the most best decisions like where they just adjust everything to the better and they don't have any misses like they sometimes do in season three and they have enough time to have little moments like the trigger treating, which I think is lacking in season four because it's shorter. So that's, I think, why I prefer this season overall. 
Yeah, no, it's a, it's a super fun. Like the balance is really nice for those because season four is super streamlined with just 10 episodes and it, there's an urgency and a sense of direction that is really satisfying. But you're right. You don't get those little moments of Maze listening to her headphones and definitely like making concerned active listening face and totally ignoring Chloe. You don't get that those kinds of, of beats in the same way in season four. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. So Scotty, did you have any thoughts on, on season two? <laughs> I deeply regret letting Marcus go first <laughs> because um, I think uh, I I pulled up the episode list really quick and was scanning over it. And I think that is one of my favorite moments, but also I think that those, um, what am I trying to say? Like the parallel examples or parallel mm-hmm. structure of the maze Trixie moment and the Lucifer, Dr. Linda moment. Um, I thought, was really smart and really solid uh, from the show to see it. They both have comparable levels of danger and risk, but one goes fine. And one is traumatizing to a character that we care about. And um, it's interesting to, to see the supernatural and the human bump up against each other in the very different ramifications, the sort of mirror image ramifications that it can have. Um, and I like how delighted Maze was to, for Trixie to think her face was cool for Halloween. And um, I loved how, uh, I loved the way they played Dr. Linda's reaction and Lucifer realizing that he just has to leave the room. Um, really moving. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Plus President Mars. Excellent. Excellent. Oh my gosh. And I, well, and I love that it was a callback to, I think a previous episode they mentioned that that's what mm-hmm. she wanted to do. And it was such a good cost, too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that was so great. I don't want to be a princess. Maze is like, fine. I'll make it happen. <laughs> um, weirdly, that kind of lives in the same space as playing hospital and, like, just go with it. Maze, like, doesn't understand children, but there's, and there's a d- degree to which she can try to absorb what's happening. And then after that, she just goes with it. So, like, fine. The costume has to be perfect. What is it? Great. President of Mars. It's going to be the best president of Mars ever. <laughs> I have to play hospital. What? Fine. Fine. Put bandages all over me. It's great. <laughs> it's very good. I think as a demon, she can appreciate an agent of chaos. And there's an element of Trixie there that I think, yeah, that really works. And I mean, season two, we got our Trixie up. It's the complete... Um, uh, what is it? The id or like, like total id or like less of a filter or whatever demons, demons and children, I guess are very close. <laughs> Lurker says she has a name tag in the playing hospital scene. And I didn't even notice that. That's awesome. <laughs> Amazing. Very good. Um, very, very so good. Yeah. I, uh, that's a moment that really stands out as, as one I really appreciated from the season. I had a hard time. I, I love Trisha Helfer as mom in every scene she's in. She's super captivating. That, plot line of mom is here and mom has to go away but I have but we have to find the sword to get rid of mom but then we can't give her the sword no we have to go give her the sword right now or she'll blow up no don't give her this I I lost the thread and that was that unfortunately the whole like what are we going to do with mom was sort of the most tangled like I could see the the pins and string on the wall trying to bump the stakes and the goals and the meaning of mom in the world 
as throughout the season, they, they bumped her around a, into positions to be what she needed to be for the episode in a little bit of a visible way for me, yeah. rather than in a super clear through line of plot. Um, yeah. But I love her and it would be super cool if she came back because the Lucifer family dynamic is so complicated and so interesting. And maybe that's why I really liked the God Johnson episode is because I think that as far as I can tell, based on my understanding of what happens in the episode, he really was talking to dad kind of, mm. even though, cause the, the like sword buckle was making it the guy. I don't know. He, I my don't- sense of it is that because he was wearing the belt buckle, he was, it was like a part of like, he had access to, the divine, the divine mm-hmm. and to God, God's mm-hmm. consciousness and awareness or whatever it is that makes dad, dad. And so it, it isn't a one for one, but mm-hmm. like in my perspective, what we, what he's saying is what God would say, at least based on the information that he has. So, yeah. uh, so like, like, cause he's not remembering everything. So like maybe, maybe dad would have a totally different response, but the essence of dad is there just with not all the information. So okay. for me, that, that's how I interpret it at least. So yeah. for me, I think you can really trust, like, I, it feels appropriate, but it's not the entirety of dad. And so that's why Lucifer realizes at the end, oh, but he wouldn't actually because of these other elements of who dad is. Yeah, I think that it's like talking. It's, I think it's literally like a game of telephone. Like the belt buckle is a game of telephone. Okay. That everything kind of gets filtered. The idea is there, but the actual essence is not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's how I read it anyway. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's cool because like, as somebody said, we want more for Chloe to do. And I think I agree. Like the celestial family is our, the whole world the whole show is revolving around this celestial family and Chloe's a little bit of the fulcrum around which they revolve rather than like a person in her own. Mm-hmm. Right. As much as I would enjoy her being. Well, and I like how we've been talking about all these different things in season two. We haven't talked about, we got our answer about Chloe <laughs> and that hasn't oh, yeah. come up yet. Yeah. <laughs> also exactly. that happened this season. <laughs> the the chat has exploded listeners. Um, so Lurker says, uh, God Johnson said things he wouldn't have known if he wasn't at least partly dad. Keenan says totally. It's conven- it conveniently absolves the show of having to define the entirety of God and dad. Yes. Lurker says, I think he's just supposed to be having healing powers through the buckle, but it has to be more than that. And Marcus says, I was hoping the rewatch would clear things up a bit, but not really. And um, yeah, so lots of back and forth. Mm-hmm. And we're all like... <laughs> I actually kind of enjoy that we can each have a slightly different interpretation of what that episode means. Um, I can see how that would be really frustrating for some people. I totally get that. But for me, I think it's kind of fun. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's also because I'm in a charitable mood towards the show. (laughs) If I was more frustrated with the show, then I would be very frustrated by that. But yeah. And I I have the the Lucifam. It is a complicated thing. and and so yeah, having giving Chloe more agency and more ability to be a full partner in that yeah. part of the show would be really beneficial for what they can do with her. Yeah, and that's 
the sort of like, will they, won't they kiss? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that feeling of like, oh, they are really going to string this along as long as possible. I'm feeling that t- so much with the like, will he tell her the truth? Will he show her his double face or whatever? Mm-hmm. I'm like, do it, do it, do it. But I also am like, this sh- he's not going to do it. I know the show is not, the- well, obviously like he got bopped on the head. Like I know the show is going to interrupt that and I'm going to be irritated. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you have a favorite moment or episode from from the season? I think I liked the moment in Monster with the face reveals. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, another sort of mirror image moment is the beautiful physical comedy of how tall Trisha Helfer is and how petite. Shoot, who plays Dr. Linda again? Rachel Harris. How petite Rachel Harris is. Um, the doubling of that in the last episode where mom comes in to attack Linda and you see the height difference and all of a sudden you realize what it, what's about to happen. Um, that's like a really chill, that's a, those are real chills, not like, ooh, CGI devil face, like yeah. real chills. And Definitely. I thought that was spooky and good. Yeah. Marcus says they cast Charlotte Wright and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Keenan, you have your favorite moments or episode ready? Yeah, I mean, like, buckle up. They're going to be such a shocker and a surprise. But (laughs) um, I also, in thinking about, because I have seen everything that's aired so far, it's it's absolutely true that the reveal to Dr. Linda is a memory of the show that has kind of been, like, one of the primary memories the whole time. Like, there's something about the performance and what Scotty said where Lucifer realizes there's no like he sees what he's done and realizes there's nothing he can say. And he actually has to leave because he broke everything. Um, That is um, a moment from the show that I, that I, that kind of like percolated to the top and was like a major memory of the show before I dived back into this rewatch. Um, So the, the, I had forgotten that Maze had a reveal too. And so that made it kind of even more bittersweet on a rewatch where I was like, oh, it, it worked out fine for her. And I know what's coming for Lucifer. And I also really remember the first go around liking that moment because um, it's the sort of thing that happens in TV where if a show sets up a very clear, for example, like a will they or won't they pairing. And then, you know, if you've seen television before at a certain point, you're like, come on, like, you got to make a decision at some point, will they or won't they? It was sort of that um, trope, but translated for this divine narrative, the celestial narrative, I should say, that we have going on here where it's like, well, is he ever gonna actually reveal his face to someone who matters? And they kind of drop it into, what is it, like the sixth episode of the season? Like, they kind of blow up a huge relationship in the show just at a random moment in season two. It's not a cliffhanger uh, ending of a season. It's not a 11 o'clock number situation. Like they just kind of drop this bomb in the middle of the season for, I think, um, I can't remember if it was Scotty or Lurker who said one of our favorite characters. Um, it's a big freaking deal. And I, that was one of the standout memories from my first rewatch and it's absolutely standout again, Um, just performance wise from both of them. And I actually really like the VFX of it too, because they don't do like a 
a zoom in on Lucifer's face and they don't do like a wide angle. They just kind of do a very quiet pan and he's sitting there so still and just looking at her. There's no sort of big like fireball or devil horns poking out. It's just a very slow, quick pan cut to her face, cut back to him. It's very, it's very still. The camera's moving, but the, very the actors are very still. Yeah. And it's uh, wildly effective. So that was definitely um, a standout moment from the season in terms of just like pure delight on a rewatch. The reveal of shirtless Dan remains a favorite. <laughs> uh, I like it very much for me personally, and also for Lucifer's reaction, just fun all around. Um, <laughs> a favorite episode that I had kind of almost forgotten about, which I was talking about earlier, is God Johnson. I just completely kind of blocked from my memory or had like this preconceived eye roll, like ready to go. And I wound up really liking it on a rewatch. So I think those were my favorites. Um, My favorite character remains, as always, my queen, Dr. Linda. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, now, no, I'm going to throw it back to you. Do you have your pick ready? What is your, do you have any favorite moments we haven't mentioned yet? Sure. So on just like a personal level, um, I still really enjoy their conceptualization slash modernization of the Sin Eater from like way early in the season um, and how they link that to content moderation. Um, Just like still hung up on that concept. But I mean, folks, Linda starting a fight in a bar and then hiding. It's just gold. It's just gold. Um, so that's that's very very good. Um, <clears throat> but I think like the overall arc of like Lucifer and Dan's relationship maturing, whether it's bonding over weaponizers or the following of him on a case or just the sauna, um, I think all of that works really really well and provides really fresh dynamics. So those I think hit the most but i think my favorite moment still comes like right in the finale when lucifer puts linda's glasses on her in the hospital and she's like oh it's so good because she can see him and now she's seen him and all like the layers of like glasses and everything it's just like this is very good and i very much appreciate this um as for an episode i don't know that like a particular episode like stands out stands out in my head um so, but I like lots of moments from like all the episodes, though it was very difficult while well, Keenan was talking about like the face and the stillness and everything, no horns or fire or anything. I just went, but so no love handles, no love handles. <laughs> um, so yeah. So yeah, that's me. That's me. Um, do you want to read Allison's stuff? Well, uh, let's, let's also, uh, you know, give a shout out to Maze and the Popcorn. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Allison had to take off, but um, she wanted to say my favorite moment was basically everything Linda did, but since that's a cheat, I'd also like to shout out Lucifer tossing the keys to Trixie and Deceptive Little Parasite, Dan doing improv and the cheesy noodles from Mom. But the sequence I've I've thought about the most is the slow motion exit um, in God Johnson, and I think my favorite episode is probably A Good Day to Die. Got A Good Day to Die, which is just such a strong second part um of of that and that of course has that that episode the the moment in hell with everyone too so yeah that would probably be my my pick um for single best episode but i'm also gonna just send a little love to our girl candy morningstar because i enjoy her quite a bit um 
So that will wrap up our discussion of season two of Lucifer. Tomorrow we're going to be back to talk about season three, episode one, which is they're back, aren't they? (laughs) And I think we all know what that means. Um, So yeah, more on that tomorrow. Bye guys. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye.